0: Hey everyone, it's Matt. And this is Lucas. And this is Thanks for Playing. The
1: podcast where we break down the most iconic video games the world has to offer.
0: Ooh!
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like that variation a lot. I've been hearing that one a that lot. That was
0: later. fun. Yeah, I enjoyed that myself.
1: <laughs> you always do that one like when I give you some crazy news like over FaceTime or something. <laughs> Like when we're playing
0: Valheim and it just gets weird. (laughs) (laughs) I do love that one. one. Hey man, how's it going? So I knew we were recording today, right? And I put a lot of thought in you asking me this very question. Because it's such a dumb fucking question. You know how I'm doing. We talk like every day very a lot outside of the podcast. And I know it's it's a trope. It's it's a (laughs) trope. I get that. I get that. And I I want the audience to know I'm doing well, and I hope you're doing well as well, Lucas. But I just—I was just thinking about it today. Every time you ask me that when we start the podcast, and I was like, I just told you like 10 minutes ago. I, I know,
1: but they don't know that <laughs> but they I don't asked know you that. that. You I know. You know, okay, before we even, I know. just ladies and gentlemen, audience, before we started recording, I totally knew how Matt was doing. We talked about it. He's doing fine. Uh, he had a good Sunday. Look, this is good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. So <laughs> this is
0: this is just um, for you
1: guys. It's just for I you.
0: I just, it's just, it's, um, I was just, I, I really put a lot of thought into it today. It's just, I had, a, I had a slow day and it just really blew my mind um, but I will say um, I don't think I even told you th- this yet I did finish screw in Lagon actually oh you did I did okay um I I really I really enjoyed it I would compare it to for anyone that's maybe watched a more recent anime contemporary anime I'm darling in the Franks um, however here's the kicker it is much better than darling in the Franks um whereas darling in the Franks totally overstretches it's uh, fly, it flies too close to the sun, um, whereas Gurren Lagann is the sun. Um, that, okay. that is... Okay, that, that is gonna, we got to skip ahead
1: first. We, we have to tell the audience that they have to go ahead like a minute here because I am going to ask you some things about the ending. Um, for, those, hey, for those of you that don't know, Gur, uh, Gurren Lagann, uh, I watched it when I was a sophomore in high school. And for those of you that have seen the show... Uh, Seen this series, you'd understand that it completely changed my life back then, made me want to never give up, always believe in the whoever who believed in me, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) always uh, made me want to row, row, fight the power, right, Matt?
0: That is, I love that yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. it just—it's—it's just such oh, a—it's oh, just
1: such a, it's just <laughs> such a um, self-aware, like you know, kick logic. Like uh, it's like a trope in the show, like kick logic to the curb and just go really, like never just, give just up. No. Yeah, yeah, like the the mechs that they fight in literally run on like fighting spirit. fighting spirit. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it's just, you just literally like <laughs> so. Simon at the end when he's just in the engine when like they're trapped in the space like ocean thing, Simon's just in there like. Oh he's just he's just <laughs> believing, like powering the engine. <laughs> just sitting in there believing, dude. It's the great, it's the greatest. Oh, I'm so glad you finally watched it.
0: Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it because uh, I'm comparing it to Darling and the Frogs because I think that's a more recent one that people may have watched, but I mean anime fans probably would have watched Gurin as well, but they're both mecha animes that mech animes, I don't know what the proper term is, that like start kind of relatively humble beginnings and like oh the true enemies revealed type of thing. Um, and I was just—it was so interesting watching Darling in the Franxx, which has such a clear turning point of like this anime is now bad, versus watching Guren Lagann, to where, um, I was actually enjoying it almost the whole. R- spoilers alert! Very big spoilers in the next like 30 seconds here. Um, the anime I didn't even like that much until Kamina died. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it got so much better for me after Kamina died because he was like, like, like Simon is this, the trope to an extent like the anime trope of like believing yeah and, and kamina is that but like a he's like a like a growth that's just like gone out of control Yeah, and can't be stopped anymore he needed to die yeah yeah he, he did he did <laughs> yeah
1: yeah I, um, I had great uh, anime yeah i great had anime. a friend that had the opposite reaction he was like dude the anime got so bad after kamina died <laughs> really <laughs> like, no. what he like that's so he, weird some one friend I had, he thought that Kamina was like the main character, and I was like, he's clearly not from even the yeah, very, very yeah. first. Yeah,
0: but like, dude, the line. fucking glow up, f- glow up from uh, Simon, yeah, it's like the dope true, at the end, it's super glow cool. Yeah, yeah.
1: what do you think uh, when Kamina comes back at the very end when they're stuck in like that uh, multi-dimensional prison thing? like
0: I like that yeah. um, a little. A little. Che- there were a few parts that were got a little cheesy for me, and like the fucking pygmal like randomly transformed that into was a human the, yeah i was like is this the duas machina like yeah is this, it was pretty late is this how they're doing it yeah that was, that was kind of just like a pointless side thing actually there wasn't really any it literally
1: doesn't matter it didn't do
0: anything <laughs> to the story but um yeah but uh, a good show and then i just started today invincible man on a or invincible on amazon prime and i'm uh, i'm enjoying that so far okay. it's like a adult like adult it's not anime because it's american you know but it's like adult cartoon um like a dark take on superheroes kind of in the same vein from what i can tell as um the, the, the boys, boys all, yeah. another amazon show dang amazon so this is based off like a comic book series yeah so. a- a- amazon
1: on the dark superhero trend huh yeah, yeah. so cool well hey i'm uh, uh i'm enjoying it i'm glad you finally watched it now i gotta watch mob psycho um i know mm-hmm. that's the promise that we made 100. so i will i will get on that as soon as i finish infinite jest which is uh about 60 more pages
0: left. So it's yeah. been a productive we, week. You're burning through that book. That's a journey. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It is a uh, it is a philosophical quest for sure. Fuck. Yeah. All right. So well. we, we have been, man, we, we, we've really gone astray on this intro here, but <laughs> we had to geek out for a second <laughs> on anime. Um, Matt, could you tell the audience what video game we're playing?
0: You mentioned a philosophical uh, quest, Lucas. Mm-hmm. And um, I, think, I think that's relevant today because um, just as Infinite Jest is the sun, um, the game we are playing today, Dear Esther, is the game that flew too close to the sun. That's right, everyone, today <laughs> we are playing the number one first person pretentious poetry simulator, Dear Esther.
1: Yep, we are playing Dear Esther, uh, first-person walking simulator game developed by the Chinese Room um, unofficially in 2008 and then officially in 2012. Um, Actually started off as a mod for Half-Life 2 in the 2008 release, Um, garnered a lot of attention back then, eventually was fully rebuilt, redeveloped um, on the Source engine for a 2012 commercial release on Steam. Um, and then later, getting a 2017 release on the Unity engine uh, with its uh, Dear Esther Landmark Edition, which includes some developer commentary. Uh, I played the Landmark Edition, which is the Unity Rebuild. Matt, which one did you play?
0: Yeah, I, uh, I also played the Landmark one. and okay. I almost did a second playthrough um, with the director's commentary because I was kind of curious. But I didn't, and we can get into <laughs> why i didn't <laughs> later on. Um, i wonder why you didn't but but first i would like to um give everyone a brief explanation of this game go for it um it's pretty on a, I'm, let, me, let me try to preface it. The, the, a lot of this game is left open to interpretation so i'm going to kind of give the whole like overview of how what you do in the game and as well as like how it ends to really kind of help Put into context what we're talking about because generally with these i've been keeping it pretty open-ended just like the general baseline and then we kind of delve into the details but i think for this game it's important to give the full picture as best as i can when it's something that's as vague as this game is so heavy spoilers ensuing i guess <laughs> um so dear esther the player takes control of an ambiguous character in the first person view given no goals and they are left alone to explore an island. As the player reaches new locations on the island, the game play.
1: <laughs> uh, did you did you did you mess
0: up? The game as the song As <laughs> the player reaches new locations <laughs> what, what on the island, of? different audio fragments are revealed in each playthrough of the game, presenting a slightly different narrative each time. Several other characters are referred to by the narrator, a man named Donnelly, who charted the island in the past paul who is suggested to be the drunk driver in the accident in which esther the narrator's wife was killed and a shepherd named Jacobson, who lived on the island in the 18th century and just wanted to build his hut and chill at the conclusion of the player's journey the player's character jumps off the top of the radio tower and becomes a bird <laughs> um yeah that that's just it. straight that's up becomes esther. a bird. Um, yep. Now, now, really quickly, before we dig into things, I want to give a couple of shout outs um, and also apologize for that, that um, explanation. I had a really bad typo and I confused myself. But a uh, quick shout out to everyone that checked out the episode on Reddit. Um, or Excuse me, checked out Outer Worlds on Reddit. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, we got a lot of love on um, the, old, the old Reddit boards for that episode. And I appreciate it. And for any new fans we gained from that and any new supporters welcome we're happy to have you and we enjoy your continued support and everyone don't forget to leave a review if you can on apple Podcasts. reviews really help us grow the podcast organically or if you're on spotify leave a follow all that good stuff yep and if you have any questions maybe you want to have a question answer in the podcast or give us a game recommendation choose an email thanks for playing pod at gmail.com and um, now back to your regularly scheduled programming.
1: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, Matt, thank you for the synopsis right there. I know it's uh, the, the synopsis you gave. I think you, you stumbled a little bit, but you know what? The game stumbles a little bit. So that's OK. I think it's <laughs> a very appropriate stumble.
0: What, what happened was I was reading it. And then as I was reading, it, I was thinking about on my playthrough and I just had a bit of a bit of an aneurysm. <laughs> <laughs> well, glad
1: that glad that you're back. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're, I'm going to dive into my initial thoughts here real quick um, and allow you to riff off of me here. Um, okay. The first thing I wrote here for the initial thoughts, uh, this game didn't really make me like the game that much. That's what I, that's what I wrote. Um, man, now I, I can't tell if it's because this type of game, we, we've gone well beyond the scope of what this tries to accomplish um, in the amount of years since this has been out. Um, it's a walking simulator game, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, you walk around on uh, in a mostly empty world. Obviously, there's gonna be a large story component there, a visual component there. And uh, that's gonna be the main bulk of the game. There's not, You're not expecting to have a bunch of gameplay elements to it. You're not expecting to have um, a health meter or, you know, a stamina meter, items, inventory, or
0: anything normal like that. That we've. It's like there's no HUD or anything. No HUD. You have nothing. you have five buttons really in the game. You know, your WASD are your analog inputs if you're playing on controller. Mm-hmm. And then you have, if you're playing on a mouse and keyboard, you can use your left uh, or right mouse button to zoom in to get a yeah. better look at things. Yeah, exactly. So a total of six basically inputs, seven if you count the. Uh, many, right? Right. And I think it's worth noting as well, it's actually considered the first walking simulator. Is it really? Um, yeah. From what I, everywhere I found online, this is like the first real example of kind of a, you know, like a big, uh, not big, but like a walking simulator really going into the, the mainstream. Okay. Um,
1: okay. Now, I guess that's cool. I mean, so uh, to me, I think what this game does well has been done better so 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 much more it's so well beyond um this game um that i don't know it feels like the novelty of a walking simulator and the stuff that it does has kind of worn off in the short generation gap here since 2012 it really hasn't been that long but um i felt like this was pretty pretty low on the on the bar um as far as walking simulators go what do you think matt
0: well and th- that's kind of That was one of the very first notes I jotted down, because usually when I'm playing a game for the pod, I'll have um, like my phone next to me and the notepad open to jot down like any in the moment things while I'm playing. Uh, And that was one of the first things that jumped out to me about this game is that having played something like the Stanley Parable or the Beginner's Guide, which I mean, and to be honest, I haven't really even played that many um, walking simulators other than like those but from what I understand, like those are kind of considered some of the, you know, the like the hallmarks and the kind of like the top tier uh walking simulators as far as that genre goes. And then playing those games to where they're both really good at what they do, and they also really point out like certain tropes within the genre and like certain narrative tropes, but just kind of like blindly following um the narrator. And to be fair, you're not necessarily blinding following blindly following the narrator in this game. You still get agency i guess to explore in the order you want and the narrator not necessarily telling you go here go there but it just makes everything in this game just seem a little little ahead of itself yeah a little pretentious dare i say um and it's one thing you know it, it it's interesting this, this is something you brought out to me when i was debating the attack on titan anime with you right um or manga rather the manga endings are both caught up spoilers on, on the manga ending happening is, right now i'll keep it light but well i don't even think we need to spoil it but potentially spoilers in the next minute for attack on titan manga um you and i were debating whether it was good or bad and um i was telling you about how i watched all these videos to like Justified the ending and how once the ending was more thoroughly explained to me and really like analyzed thoroughly, and then I watched those videos to understand the analyses. Then I'm like, oh, this is a really good ending. Is what I kind of thought initially. And then your argument was, okay, but if you have to watch a 20-minute YouTube video to un- understand the ending of a 40-page manga, maybe it's not a good ending. And that's the same thing we get here. Like I was watching some YouTube videos after the fact, kind of explaining some of the the dialogue and some of the um, the writing which some of the writing is 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 good i think when you don't look at it in the context of a game and when you look at it in the context of a poem i think some of it can be pretty interesting but if i have to watch an after the fact the 20 minute video analyzing and breaking down like the literary devices used and things like that is that a good game and moreover should we even be judging this as a game is that fair this is a gaming podcast but you know this is one of those things that really blends the line of is this a game is this art is this video games as art like what the fuck is it yeah, right and yeah. i'm not sure what the answer is in this case
1: yeah i mean i think my my big thing and here, here's what I, I was telling this to matt a little earlier before we recorded um, I, I i'll just come right out and say it I, I was just really not a big fan of this game and this game has a legacy um I I've heard about this game for a long time I knew when it was out um it's kind of been on the podcast's uh backlog for a really long time it's always been kind of on the radar
0: um so I actually think I might have played this ages ago oh really uh I might be wrong it's either this or Gone Home I played but which is another walking simulator mm-hmm. but my cousin Johnny um whenever he'd come over from like filming gatherings like him me and my sister whatever, it was just kind of like fuck off from everyone else like all the adults talk about some games and talk about games in like the office at my house, which is like where our setup was. And I'm like 75% sure one year we downloaded Dear Esther and played it because it's such a quick game. Yeah. Um. And I'm pretty confident that I thought the similarly thing where like everything just went over my head back then. Yeah. So, sorry, a little.
1: Yeah. No, 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 no. I, right? I mean, I'm sure uh, it's, I mean, it's a forgettable game, so I don't blame you. Um, I, I think it's always been on the backlog for a long time. I've heard about it has a little bit of a legacy. It actually won quite a bit of awards when it came out. Um, mm-hmm. and playing it now, I'm actually surprised at the types of awards that it won, I'm going to go into that in a little bit and the certain things that people said about it back then, which I don't even think even with the hindsight or the advancements that have come with this genre of games, I still don't think it was justifiable to give these game, this game, certain awards and praises that it got. Um, just being honest um, I think that the game is a poem with many stanzas um, it, it, essentially the game's a walking simulator when you walk to different areas of the game it triggers a different voiceover line where the narrator says a stanza that's kind of like one long big poem and they often begin with dear Esther and then there's like kind of a whole readout um, you know three or four par- three or four sentences a paragraph a stanza whatever um, Depending on how many playthroughs you do or what paths you take, you will get different voiceover lines. So it's somewhat of an interactive poem experience with multiple stanzas that you can kind of go through. Um, depending on your playthrough, the characters that are mentioned through these stanzas can change. Um, and the, the lines get blurred on who is actually who. So there's kind of four characters. Paul... Um, there's ya- Paul Jacobson, Donnelly, uh, Esther and the narrator himself. So there's kind of a lore to the whole thing. I, actually, I watched an analysis video on it. I'll probably plug the analysis video on our Discord server um, after because I can't remember the name of the YouTube channel.
0: But Wait, I think Paul and Jakobsen are separate people.
1: OK, so there's Paul, <laughs> Jakobsen, Donnelly.
0: Jacobson Esther. is the shepherd. OK, Donnelly is the one that charted the island. And Paul is the person that suggested to be the drunk driver that killed Right. Esther. Right.
1: So so basically it's the narrator writing letters to his dead wife after a car accident, and he's writing about the per the driver, the drunk driver that killed his wife, who he ends up forgiving and says no hard feelings. Um, but it's also about how him and his wife used to go to this island. Um, because they read about the island through books of a cartographer that came to the island, and so there's like third or fourth hand ideas or you know um histories of this island communicated to you the viewer through uh are you the player through the narrator okay so it 's a little like a lot of layers going on in the story there's a lot going on um at the end of the day and and this is this is just my this is my opinion you guys the Dear Esther fandom can we probably <laughs> won't even end up posting this on the dear <laughs> dear Esther subreddit. I don't know. It's pretty, pretty, uh, it's already getting pretty is negative it, on here, but, there even um, my, uh, honestly none of that really matters to me because the game is just pretty boring. Um, I think that the game is ri- as far as writing goes, um, I think it's written at like a senior or, you know, freshman, sophomore in college, r- like writing level. I think like a lot of the metaphors are extremely weak. I think that the rhythm and pacing of a lot of the stanzas are just not that strong. I think that here's the here's the tricky part too. Um, just quick tangent um, off my big rant. <laughs> I told this to Matt. I think that the the script reads better than it's. Like then I think it reads better to me than it's spoken in voiceover like I, I pulled up the script and I read some of the stanzas, and I actually enjoyed reading them, but I did not enjoy listening to them if that makes sense. I think that this is a game where the the poetry was written, the script was written, and then translated very poorly into a video game setting um, i't don't, I, I don't think that this game uh, was built with voiceover truly embedded into what the game is. I think it's just like a high level idea of being able to have multiple different stanzas trigger, but it's not fully built from the ground up. Not like some something, say, the Stanley Parable or the Beginner's Guide, um, like which those are games where the voiceover was built intrinsically inside this game.
0: So like, would you say it feels like that this was a poem that someone all of a sudden, ins- or a book what have you, that someone all of a sudden said, I'm going to make this a video game and then hired a voice actor. Is that, is that I, I don't annoying? know if
1: that's literally what happened, but that's what it feels like Right, to That's me. how it feels. That's right? how it feels. I mean, do you agree? What, do you think it, it comes across that way? Do you think that this is uh, like a not great game and could be a possibly good poem or short story?
0: It, it's weird because, I mean, I think... So I, I'm glad you have the same opinion as me on this, because I kind of thought that I was maybe the one that was just like it was just going over my head personally. And I thought yeah, we were going to come into this. I actually thought you were really going to like this. I thought you're you going to come into this and you're gonna be like, oh, bro, this is so philosophical. It's not. But um, it, it sounds like it went over your head. That's just as mine. And, I mean, so much. I think when it, you hear it in the audio, I think part of the reason that is, is you're not able to digest it as well. Um, because you know, you're looking at your surroundings, you're seeing what's going on around you, you're progressing through the map and then you get these excerpts from the narrator and then they're so written, so convoluted in a such convoluted way that you can't really digest it unless you like really visually see it and kind of like read it yourself, you know, not being told through, um, someone else per se. And I think that kind of, disconnect is what maybe makes it a better would make it a better like collection of poems perhaps that tells a story versus say a video game because it does for me feel like it's just like an interesting i think the set's cool like i think the mount or the island's designed well but i think adding just some interesting poetry on top of it doesn't make it good um i don't think it's a I don't, I, I'd be curious to hear your opinion on this, Lucas, but like, I don't, I think the voice actor did fine. I think he was a really good voice actor. Yeah, I agree with that. For me personally. Um, so I, I think his delivery on things were fine. I just think you can only get so convoluted in a video game when things are moving at the pace they are. Otherwise, your audience won't understand at all what's going yeah, on. Yeah, And they'll just go over their heads. Yeah,
1: I think that uh, when it comes to writing and writing, like there's writing for reading, and then there's writing for performing. And I think that this is writing for reading that was then performed, if that makes sense. Sure. So I'll read here real quick. I, I do have the script pulled up here, and I'm gonna read this, and um, I, I'm just gonna read an opening monologue from Dear Esther. There are, since it's a video game, there are you know different types of, like I said, different variations of certain stanzas and parts uh, that will get read to you just depending on where you move in the game or what what level playthrough you're at whatever so here's one dear esther Esther, i sometimes sometimes feel feel
2: as if i've given birth birth to this island somewhere between the longitude and latitude a split opened up and it beached remotely here no matter how hard i correlate it remains a singularity an alpha point in my life that refuses all hypothesis I return each time, leaving fresh markers that I hope, in the full glare of my hopelessness, will have blossomed into fresh insight in the interim. So,
1: it doesn't read. Well. <laughs> Just I know. I, I know. I fumbled there for a second, but. But the the rhythms of this particular thing, this is the opening monologue. This is what's supposed to pull you in. It doesn't rhythmically read as well as something that you'd expect, something like in the Stanley Parable or the Beginner's Guide. I, I know those are very very high level examples, or you know perhaps the best examples of voiceover in video games that we've played. Um, but that's a standard that I want to hold up, right? Like this, this is, this can read fine. Like if I read this in my head, this stanza, it actually reads fine because it doesn't have to rely on somebody to say longer words, um, you know, extend out or, or have a rhythm to the way you have to breathe and say these lines. But in this game, it matters. And that's where I, that's where it loses me a little bit.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just, it just comes down to it being too convoluted for it to come across well in a video game, I think is what it is. Yeah. I think it can work in a book or, you know, what what have you or in writing. But when it comes down to being able to digest it well in a game and the way it's presented to you, uh, it just doesn't work. Because I mean, like I there's some parts of it I I do like, like I'm here. I'm going to read here one of my favorite, I guess, stanzas from it. Um, this is when you discover the shipwreck and you see a buoy. Uh, all night the buoy has kept me lucid. I sat when I was at the very all edge of despair. All night the
2: boy has I kept me lucid. I, never... I sat when I was at the very edge of despair, when I thought I would never unlock the secret of the island. I sat at the edge and I watched the idiot boy blink through the night. He's mute and he's retarded and he has no thought in his metal head but to blink each wave and each minute aside until the morning comes and renders him blind as well as deaf-mute. In many ways, we have much in common.
0: Yeah, now, if, if I read that in a book and, you know, that was, like, some, I was following this character's journey and, like, they were comparing themselves to Ibu, I'd probably be like, oh, yeah, that's an interesting comparison. Mm-hmm. Um... But when I, when I when I when I heard that in the game, I was like,
1: huh? yeah, yeah, it's, it's not read <laughs> um, at the pace that you it's not read aloud at the pace that you might create that in your head, you know?
0: Yeah. And like I understand, too, that obviously a lot of this game or the majority of this game is meant to be open interpretation. You know, there's no clear answer as to who the narrator is. You know, are you? Um, I read, I read online like a few different interpretations like you're in maybe one you're in purgatory, maybe one you're, you know, recovering from the accident and you're passing on. Uh, there's so many different interpretations, but it's just you say that about anything. You could say that about right? any video game. Yeah. yeah.
1: You're dead. You're in purgatory. You're in heaven. You're in hell. Like that's the most cop out theory.
0: ever. Yeah. It was all a dream. Right? Yeah. 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 Everything um, is that. And see this is where it gets interesting too because it's i mentioned this a little bit earlier when we started recording but are we even evaluating this fairly right should we be evaluating this as a game because i think you and i are both very big proponents as of the idea of video games as art and video games is art as a form of art a medium of art is this even considered a video game as art or is this just art at this point because it's so bare bones as far as what a game is right is this even is this a game or is it interactive art is there a di- are you drawing a line or a distinction that's what I'm trying to figure out here I'm not sure I have an answer yeah I'd say man I mean you
1: hit me with a big question there um, video games are interactive art but not not all interactive art is video games I, I think would be the clearest um, clearest way to phrase it um, video games like all art mediums they have different Uh, aspects of them different utility right so you wouldn't consider a video on youtube to be a film but it still has the same dna as a film right so i don't know randomly pulling one out 2001 a space odyssey is a great artistic achievement in film right but a youtube video probably is not right but so both have their purpose both draw from the same dna of like a moving image with sound set to it that's the medium but one is obviously more leaning towards the artistic side of it one doesn't care to even be on the artistic side of things um books some some books are just meant to relay information to you like a textbook some are meant to be you know real artistic novels um so you know different mediums will have different aspects to them that you know this one's art this one's utility and information i think Video games like you know valorant that's not art <laughs> that's just a fun game we play that's just um you know there might be aspects of it are there that could be artistic um the art visual component might be cool, but um uh, it's not art in the same way that like journeys art it's more utility um it's more of like a communal thing it's more of an interactive thing with your friends that that's my answer to your question I know it's a little deeper than than you're probably expecting,
0: but I mean that's a whole podcast episode in itself. But <laughs> it's um it's just something interesting to ponder. Yeah. Ponder, I think.
1: But um no, I mean I, I think and and when you read that little stanza to me just now, another thing popped up in my head is I think that with the writing in this game, which is the whole game is the writing. I think that's why we're getting so deep into it. Um, with the writing in this game, it feels like there's a big push towards like imagery. There's a big push towards like um metaphor and like trying to build a certain thing inside of the viewer's head or the reader's head. Right. But the buoy, you see the buoy, like literally. Well, and
0: that's a thing too. Right. I mean, it's give. Yeah, exactly. You're right. It's giving you all this detailed information. These pretty like very intricately written stanzas. Um, we keep calling them stanzas and I don't know if that's paragraphs, fair, What paragraphs, what understand. have you, <laughs> uh, entries, um, from the narrator. But you're not really able to kind of build your own, you know, imagery in your head because you're it's in front of you, and it's kinda of getting force fed to you yeah. in the moment. So it's yeah, it's just it's just weird. It's it it just a weird mix.
1: It's yeah, it's just a it's just a writing this weird line and and even the content itself to me really doesn't hit I'm sorry, I'm really Really destroying the game here but i don't know it's got biblical references in it cool there's a tragic accident like check um it's got meta it's got imagery that doesn't make sense to be there because you don't need imagery because you're literally sitting inside the image um so like any literary devices to try and make imagery happen for the for the audience is lost <laughs> i i don't know it I just think that there's a weird tone uh, problem here. There's like a weird um, issue where the writing doesn't quite match up with the game itself. This would have been, uh, I, I would read a short story that's based in this world or these characters, and even if the short story left things open for interpretation, or you know, was written to to in a way that made me you know feel the same accomplish the same things that it feels like the developers trying to accomplish here i think it would just if they leaned into it being a different medium probably would have worked a little bit better
0: Mm -hmm. yeah no i yeah i'm i think i'm with you there 100% we, we agree that a game's bad. That hasn't happened. Yeah, in that
1: life. hasn't happened in a while. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I, I don't know how you want to handle this, but, you know, this is Thanks for Playing. We do cover a number of different topics here. We do art, game design, art style, sound design. We have an NPC award, which is null here. Um, we have a companion piece pick. Um, game design, there's really nothing to talk about. What do you think?
0: I mean, I think we've kind of... I mean, the game design is the writing, I guess. And I think we've kind of you know dug into that quite a bit okay um it's cool i guess they can get different playthroughs or like different certain dialogue at different playthroughs but kind of like how every game is no not every game some are linear but the game wasn't interesting enough for me to care to want to do another playthrough personally yeah um we can go to the art style though i mean i don't know there's not a lot to say for art style too i mean it's pretty basic Right. I mean, the graphics aren't particularly impressive. The caves look pretty cool, I think. I think the set design is pretty cool. That was my favorite part. Um, The caves for sure is dope. The set design is dope. Other than that, it didn't really do much for me. It's kind of cool, too. Like, even some of the set changes um, in different playthroughs as well. Like, certain items won't be there. And some other ones will be there in different playthroughs, so if you do more than one, it kind of like really reinforces the idea of, I guess, oh, you've, you know, if, oh, you don't know what's real. Um, so I guess that's a plus. That's cool. Uh, yeah.
1: I, I didn't know about the different playthroughs with objects and stuff. I guess that's a little more interesting. Um,
0: this kind of reinforces the idea of, because uh, this is one, like if you go into like the purgatory idea that I mentioned earlier, I think it's kind of interesting. It is a little bit interesting because um, I think in the very initial, um, entry the narrator reads too. he's mentioning how he doesn't know how long they've been there or something like that mm-hmm. um, and if you're kind of going for the more like very philosophical like detached perspective it's like oh this person's reliving you know cyclical like
1: over living and dying over and over again
0: and kind of trying to accept the trauma of what happened to them I guess of them and Esther and things like that so I, don't know, I guess that's, that's kind of cool yeah
1: um, about the visual part I do actually have a little bit there Um, I'm, I'm not really a big fan of the way this looks, uh, to be perfectly honest. I mean, it was built in source and the version I played was built in unity. Um, but I think the whole thing is pretty monotone, um, in terms of the art style, um, and what they go for. Everything's just bleak. Everything's just bleak and gray and dark. Um, there's no level set. There's no, like, there's no contrast. There's no context for any of it. So it all just feels like it's on one solid level of just dark, bleak, gray, thing um like take take back to something like we just recently played journey so take yourself back to that it's like there's dark places in journey but there's also a lot of like very heavenly and bright places in journey so it it, to have both of those things in the same work is what matters you know you have to have both of these uh, you have to have um you know, context for the dark and it be dark. You have to have it be light and you have to have it be dark. You know, it it just needs to work that way. But when the whole thing's just one level, now you just got just kind of a boring um, world to me. Um, And it's built on the source engine and the Unity engine, which um, they're kind of stock. I don't know, like the the bush just looks like a lot of bushes I've seen before. The fence and the gate looks like every gate. So it kind of just looks a little bit boring. I think the most unique thing about it were the certain colors of the paint and the writing on the walls in the caves. Um, Although some of the writings on the walls were like a little um, edgy uh, for me. (laughs) It's like,
0: (laughs) well, that's another thing too. It's like. Oh, this looks really cool, but this isn't really getting tied in at all, right?
1: Yeah, it's kind of just like, oh, would it be deep if we had, like, a Bible reference on the wall?
0: Yeah. It's, like, the, it's, a, it's the perfect example of that. Like, there's a subreddit I think you've told me about where it's like, oh, 14. I'm
1: 14 and this is deep. Everybody check right, out that yeah, subreddit.
0: Yeah. It's, it's great. <laughs> Um, and I think this game would fit in very well in general yeah
1: yeah and uh, a little bit more on the visual component so in 2012 this game was at the Independent Games Festival IGF this game won the prize for excellence in visual arts um, at the Independent Games Festival 2012 I do not think this game is worthy of uh, that prize at all Um, I think that the only truly unique component of it is like the caves and some of the coloring and like the art that's in in that particular chapter, everything else kind of looks a little stock to me. Um, it looks like a source engine objects uh, or Unity engine objects just kind of placed um, where they need to be placed. For reference, so I, can't, I couldn't find the games it was up against for this award, the, the nominees for that year. It was on the Wayback Machine uh, Web Archive and I couldn't click through, unfortunately. Um, but I will say a couple years before this game won this award, the very same award was won by 2010's Limbo. Okay, a couple of years before that, it was won by Castle Crashers. In 2016, the Visual Arts Award was won by Oxenfree, and in 2017, it was won by Hyperlight Drifter. Oh,
0: shout out to Oxenfree.
1: Hyperlight Drifter. Um, so, so this game is in the same Visual Arts component, our Visual Arts echelon for the Independent Games Festival Award, as Castle Crashers, Limbo free and Hyper Light Drifter. How? How? I'm confused on that.
0: You know what this is? This is one of those games where it gets like all these Academy Awards, but every person that watches it is just like the hardest two and a half hours to get through. That's what this is.
1: It's just people not wanting to sound like they don't know what they're talking about. It's
0: really artistic people trying to impress other people by saying, oh, look at this art. Yeah. Like you're Janet. Yeah, Janet. Look at this. Did I mention I have a BA in philosophy? Janet. Just a BA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: that sounds exactly like the title. Come on, let's go
0: to Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> Just Starbucks.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's like, hey, have you ever had a, a Merlot? <laughs> Bet you haven't had a Pinot Grigio before, Janet. That's how those guys talk.
0: Have you heard of a Old Fashioned? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's good <laughs> yeah.
0: god i forget what the movie is called but there's a there's a movie scene with matt damon ben affleck and some really pretentious guy in a bar where do you, do you know what i'm talking about like this guy that has um time about goodwill hunting? college you're talking huh? about goodwill hunting fuck yeah it's goodwill hunting <laughs> yeah you're right yeah yeah I totally forgot it um and this guy in college like comes up to matt damon at the bar it's just starts like ranting off like random textbooks yeah like lines from textbooks. that sound smart. Then Matt Damon, just his or Will, his character totally calls him out. The the people that made this game and the people that really tried to reinforce this game being good, they're they're the douchebag in that part. Yeah.
1: And we're Matt Damon.
0: We're Matt Damon. Yeah, that's right. You're, I'm Matt Damon. You're Ben Affleck. Yeah,
1: that's right. <laughs> you're my, you're, you're, going,
0: yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, okay. So that's what I got for art style. Uh, we can go ahead and move on to uh, sound design now. So Matt, what do you think about sound design?
0: Um, no, no real notes other than I, th- I like the soundtrack and I thought the voice actor was good. Yeah. So that's about all I
1: I, thought. I, I came upon a revelation today when I was writing down my notes for this episode. Um, I think that as a minimum, as the legal limit for video games is great sound design. Um, like most of the time when we comment on sound design, we're rarely talking about it being bad. We might talk about different choices, um, that get made or like voice actors maybe, but like,
0: it's almost always at the very least acceptable.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's a legal limit for sound design and video games. It's the same thing with movies. Like sound is so insanely important, uh, that like. It, it's you don't notice it unless it's bad. Like, you don't really right? notice yeah. it unless it's bad. So um, everything was hit hit the minimum level here of being great at, at sound yeah. design. So that's how and it and
0: I want to emphasize, too, Lucas and I kind of shit on a lot the, the fact that the presentation of the ideas in the game was done through audio, you know, like, with all these different entries being read and these convoluted entries. Us criticizing that is not a critique on the voice actor that did the voiceover for this. I think we both agree that he was a good he was, it good, was voice good voice actor. acting and it was good the the quality and like the delivery of the voiceover was good but just these weren't lines that maybe were meant to be voiced over is the thing that's right I, that's how i yeah yeah it. that's exactly right that's exactly
1: right yeah. okay uh the next thing we have on our list is the npc award i just wrote i got one A- oh, okay go ahead
0: well i just gave it i mean there. I, I mean Jacobson, man the shepherd okay okay yeah and here, I mean, he just wanted to. They just wanted to build a little house, little bungalow, and Jacobson.
1: Yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go with uh, Paul then, if we're gonna pick oh. these characters <laughs> the that aren't driver. technically, technically they're not NPCs. So yeah, true. Well, yeah. the whole Paul thing is like he's, and here's here's why. Uh, here's another reason why I think this is the writing is kind of lame. Paul, like, there's this whole thing about Damascus in in the story. And, like, the road to Damascus, the biblical references and stuff like that. It's like, okay, cool. That guy's name is Paul because Saul of Tarsus was struck blind on the road to Damascus and became Paul the Apostle. Like, how deep? I don't know. It's, like, made me roll my eyes at the fact that that character's name was Paul.
0: Anyway, (laughs) I'll give it to Paul. Yeesh. Yeah. (laughs) Okay.
1: uh, Companion piece pick. Would you like me to go first? Go ahead. I. You know I don't have one it's just as simple as that that. explain why I don't have a companion piece pick because um that's how little I I I enjoyed the game I I didn't I didn't have anything to really even want to invite with this game so I'm sorry audience you're not going to get a companion piece pick from me this is me officially protesting the game
0: uh Matt you can go ahead and give yours though thank you so we've been comparing this game to poetry a lot right okay and the you know stanzas you know it's very poetic of a game lucas i'd like to offer you a poem not one i wrote um a well-known one and um i'm gonna go ahead and read it read it out loud for you the whole thing maybe a minute maybe less okay and um you can tell me what you think this is great i like this go ahead Sorry, I just gotta get a straight face on before I... <laughs> Whew! Alright. Twas in the brilliant and the slyly toes did Gyron gimbal and the babe. I'll mimic where the margroves grows and the mome grass outgrabe. Beware the jabberock, my son. The jaws that bite, the claws that catch. Beware the jubjub bird and shun the frumious bandersnatch. He took his vorpal sword in hand. Long time the mags and foe he sought. So rested he by the tumtum tree as he stood a while in thought. And as an ofish thought he stood, the Jabbarok, with the eyes of flame came whiffling through the tolji wood and burbled as he came. One, two, one, two, and threw and through his rope blade with snicker stack, he lifted it, set with a head he went back. <gasps> and hast thou slain the Jabbarok and come to my arms, my beamish boy frapp just day Kalu Kalay He chuckled in his joy. Twas brilliant in the smelly toes, did Gyaran gimble on the wave. Mimsy were the mar grows. bar grows The Momras, a grave. Lucas, do you know that poem? Wow. Wow. Thank you. Bravo. You broke a lot of legs. I did. Several. (laughs) What
1: is that poem?
0: Uh, Jabberwocky, Lewis Carroll. Okay. Yeah. No, Uh, that was great. Hey,
1: see, that is a perfect example of a poem that's meant to be rhythmically read out loud by somebody. Right? Little little
0: background on that too. Little, little flex here. I didn't read that off as of a paper. I had that memorized. Do you really? Um, I had to read it in seventh grade in front of my whole class, and I've never forgotten it since. Wow, dude, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, it's just, I don't know why it always stuck with me. So I guess you could say I'm a big deal. So if yeah. you see me on Hinge, give me a swipe right, yeah? You don't swipe on <laughs> Hinge though. <laughs> Or a tap, whatever. <laughs> leave a comment. That's my... That's my f- <laughs> <laughs> leave, a, leave a review.
1: <laughs> leave a review on Hinge, please. Oh, wait. You know, uh, speaking of reviews, Matt, um, where could... Oh, we already did that, huh? We already did the plug. We'll do the plug at the end. <laughs> <laughs> can do it again. <laughs> no, we'll do the plug. We don't want to put them through that as we're right in the middle of a uh, favorite moment. Am I right? Do you have a favorite uh, moment? Um... The caves were, I mean, I I, I, I enjoyed the caves. The caves are cool. Yeah. Yeah, I I just, that's all I got. Yeah. The caves are cool. I thought the, the, the color and the writing and like the symbols and stuff were pretty cool, but
0: you know, that's it. Yeah. But again, it's like symbols without any meaning, right? God, yeah. (laughs) It's like, you see these like circuits on the walls or maybe I was having a hard time telling if they're supposed to be circuits or if they're supposed to be. It's um, supposed to be like know, chemistry, like chemistry, molecule. like yeah. the DNA molecule stuff. Yeah. Or not DNA, but the molecule links or whatever. it's was getting like flashbacks to high school chemistry. <laughs> still not very. Um, cool. Yeah. Very, very convoluted um, for me. And I think he was well. And that said, nitpicks. I mean, we, <laughs> we already went in on the whole thing. We did, did that. Yeah. <laughs> Been there. Um, Lucas, w- would you play any other okay. games from this? Okay. I'm
1: glad we finally got here. Okay, so because we're almost at the end here, I do have an axe to grind um, to grind here, and I wrote a lot out. So I have played one other game from The Chinese Room, uh, which is a British video game developer, by the way. So The Chinese Room, British game developer, I know, just uh, clearing that up for everybody. Um, the game I played from them was Amnesia, A Machine for Pigs, um, a game I did not like. Um, I <laughs> loved Amnesia, The Dark Descent. I thought it was a great game, played it when I was a little bit younger, maybe 17 or 18. I played uh, Amnesia and it was scary and awesome. And I think that, uh, so that was uh, developed developed by Frictional Games, uh, Amnesia The Dark Descent. Everybody knows this game. It was huge when it came out. It made PewDiePie famous. Everybody was watching his reaction videos, Uh, made him huge. I don't know if it made him famous, like is the only thing, but... Um, His videos of Amnesia were quite popular. Him
0: and uh, Markiplier
1: as well, I think, really got a lot of mileage off of that. Yeah. Um, So a spiritual successor, a spiritual sequel to Amnesia comes out called Amnesia, A Machine for Pigs. Like, the same title, um, different subtitle, obviously. And I'm so excited to play this game. I actually played A Machine for Pigs on Halloween. Like, it was my Halloween that year. I didn't have anything going on. I think everybody was busy doing something. Friends were working. I was... People were out of town. So I sat down and played Amnesia Machine for Pigs that Halloween and I was so disappointed that night. Um, And I'm I'm sure the individuals at the Chinese room are great and nice people, but I'm sorry your games have really missed the mark. Um, A machine (laughs) for, uh, for me, missed the mark for me. This is my opinion. Amnesia The Dark Descent has scary game mechanics. You have to keep your oil in your lantern filled up. If you stay in the dark for too much, you die or you start losing your sanity. You have to heal yourself. You can't like, you have to like finagle and sneak around or you die and you have to reset all the way back. When you read chapters of genuine story in Amnesia The Dark Descent, there is a voiceover when you read and there's a little bit of music. So you feel like a little break in the tension while you're reading and digesting the story. It's really, really great. The Chinese room got rid of all of that for a machine for pigs. There are no consequences to dying. You restart just at the beginning of the same room. There's no ne- there's no lantern oil. You don't even need to heal yourself in this game. And there is no VO on the journals that you read. So um, I don't know why they did any of this. I think they wanted people to be able to play the game and have fun or not feel like there was like any consequences to dying, even though there's a demonic pig trying to kill you. Like anyone would feel bad about dying. Like, I don't just that game sucked. That's just my axe to grab. I've been wanting to grind that axe for about six years now since I played the game. So uh, my Ch- the Chinese room, if you're listening to this, I understand you have a niche. I understand you make games that are just story-driven, walkie games that just people get to play through and have a good time and absorb but you're neglecting variables and mechanics and interactions that could push your story further. The things that made Amnesia of the Dark Descent good were scary game mechanics, sitting in the dark for too long, healing, managing your oil lantern, that stuff is scary. When you don't have any consequences to a horror game, it's not scary. So is it even really a scary game? No.
0: Anyway, All right. sorry. Hey, this is I, about Dear Esther. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was a three-minute rant. No, I'm, 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 happen- glad, I'm glad you got that out. I can tell it's been eating away at you for years. The back. category is, would you um, play other games
1: from this developer? So, yeah, it is. Lucas is, is, uh, is yeah. a no on that one because I already have. Mm. Sorry,
0: everybody. <laughs> um, for me, um, I, I'd be curious. They have another walking simulator called Everybody Gone to the Rapture. That's supposed to be the spiritual successor to Dear Esther. And I mean, if it's not a long experience, I'd be willing to check it out just to see if, you know, the improved on any of the gripes that you and I had with this one. I'd be curious to see if it got better at all. Because I I do want to note that, you know, Lucas and I were, we're not shitting on like the walking simulator genre. I mean, I think we've both, we both loved, you know, Stanley Parable, um, both loved, um, Beginner's Guide, um and not same genre per se but we both really liked uh sorry what'd you say is journey a walking simulator journey uh to an extent i think so i mean a little less because you have a decent interaction but um you know we both enjoyed doki doki literature club which is not a walking simulator but obviously another game that's like not really there's not really any mechanics it's just a story right so we definitely oxen free i'd argue oxen free has a little bit more mechanics and like choice wise and stuff i think I don't know. I mean, but I think my point is like, we don't dislike this genre per se. I think, I mean, for me, I, I think I actually like it a lot. It's just this game, this, um, it wasn't it. <laughs> just a, it just wasn't, wasn't it. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that's all it is. So, um, Lucas, you know, I'm not even gonna ask you for your final thoughts. We already got there. And I know it does not have your seal of approval. So there you go. Um, not my seal of approval either, or my segoy of approval rather. Um, right. My my comment, <laughs> my note I put here for Segoia approval was, eh, some people might like it. <laughs> yeah. A, yeah. And I mean, apparently a lot of people did. So, you know, yeah. if they, you know, maybe Lucas and I are really in the minority here. Um, but I have a feeling that, you know, when this game came out, it was just so edgy that everyone thought it must be good. <laughs> so uh, edgy, bro. That's the vibe I get. No one's personally. ever did
1: Bible references before in a story. <laughs> like,
0: yeah no one's
1: no one ever had a tragic accident in a story not like like, (laughs) what no way (laughs) god i'm sorry i i stuff just drives me nuts uh this i think this is probably (laughs) the most the most like uh in i've gone on a game so if this was your game if you really liked it you were a fan of this podcast i'm sorry that's all i got (laughs)
0: yeah we're we're sorry (laughs) all right um, we are now at the point of the podcast. Where Lucas and I each give our readings out of ten and add them up. That equals twenty. This is the number one score. This is the score that upsurps any other score by any other game outlets, by game any other games journal outlet. Um from Steam Metacritic. It means nothing. Nothing. Nothing to Lucas <laughs> and I. Yeah. Nothing. Okay. Um Lucas, um, when I say go, I would like you in sync with me to give me your score out of 10. Okay. Can you do that? I can do that. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Three, five. Damn that? Yeah. Give it a three. (laughs) I
1: almost gave it a four then i then i thought about Um, the then i thought about amnesia machine for pigs and had to dock it down live
0: on air that doesn't seem fair but okay (laughs) um that puts us wow um that is by far the lowest score we've had that it puts at eight um three is definitely the lowest individual score either of us have given to a game so that's pretty incredible considering how much i've shown on some of the games we've played um Wow! Yeah, that puts us in the Sakura zone. That's not, the Sakura. not even ten ten. Yeah, that's the Sakura <laughs> Nine, zone. That 10, is not 10. where you want to be. That is the Sakura zone, um, and we're not talking like War Arc Sakura, where she's a little useful. This is like, this is like the same Sakura that Naruto was saving over and over, and like normal Naruto, not even him. This is the the Sakura has long hair still. Oh, that's how useless she is. Before she, this is it. the Sakura that made fun of Naruto for being an orphan. That's the Sakura. We don't I, like. I forgot that. about that. Yeah. <laughs> she made fun oh my of an god. orphan to the other orphan. <laughs> oh my god! It's like, it's like, man, she really is trash. Too. It's not a yeah. joke. Yeah, man. She's like, he doesn't have any parents to fucking Sasuke. He was like, he's like, he's my like,
1: family got murdered by my brother.
0: <laughs> Yikes! <laughs>
1: um, Speaking of edgy, right. Sasuke, am I right? He's edgy. Edge Lord,
0: he's the ultimate Edge Lord. Yeah. Anyway, all right. I think that's all we got today. Um, you know, if you want to keep up with the podcast online, you know, you can find us uh, online at TFP Podcasts. That's TFP Podcasts with an S in the end at Instagram and Twitter. You can also shoot us an email. Thanks for playing at Gmail dot com. Uh, shoot us any questions you may have, maybe some feedback on the episode, maybe you disagree with us. Let us know. And additionally, if you want to hang out with your good buddy, Matt, you can find me on Twitter at Good Idea Matthew. Lucas, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch
1: at Good Idea Lucas. Um, that's it. Uh, I, w- I would I would invite it. people actually to really join our Discord. Um, oh, the Discord's really uh, becoming our central community hub uh, for the TFP Army or TFP militia if you want to go there it's a
0: work working on it yeah we're, we're working, working on, on that we're <laughs> working on the
1: name for the fandom um but yeah um the discord is is a place where we're going to be posting episodes suggestions polls having discussions and stuff like that um we invite you all to go there uh you can find the link to our discord on our link tree which is attached to our instagram so if you go to our instagram In as well which is thanks for playing what is it matt our instagram uh, TFP Podcasts. TFP Podcasts with an S, with an at, the S at the end. Uh, you can go to our Instagram page, give us a follow while you're there, then head over to our link tree to get to our Discord server. Um, we got a new person in the Discord server this week. Shout out to Jeremy Hurst. Oh, last names? Jeremy Hurst, yeah. It's it's on the Discord, <laughs> I think. Um, buddy of mine, been friends since we were six years old. Um, still a close friend of mine today. Thank you, Jeremy, so much for listening to the podcast and
0: joining the Discord server. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right, everyone. This has been Thanks for Playing. Catch you next time. Skip it up! Thanks for playing as a production of Good Ideas Only. Your hosts are Lucas Luna and Matt Rockaby. Our music was done by the impeccable Samuel Luna. And our logo design was done by the talented Isaac Palestino. Special thanks to the Real Call Bunch Red Circle.